This morning's reading is from Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 to 5. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of the heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Morning, church. It is a privilege for me to speak to you this morning about a hope that is laid up in the future for everyone who has believed and who has obeyed. Hope is the light in the darkness, and we must never underestimate the incredible power of hope, how important. It is in our lives. I read these comments some time ago, and I wrote them down because I think they're important. It says, take, away, take from us our wealth, and we are hindered. Take from us our health, and we are handicapped. But take away, uh, take away our purpose, and we are slowed, temporarily confused. But take away our hope, and we are plunged into deepest darkness, stopped dead in our tracks, paralyzed. Those are powerful words. And I think that those people who take their own lives are people who have lost all hope. And that has always gone all over me. The first time I was... I was presented with a suicide was when I was a young boy. It was my cousin's husband who had taken his life. And I'd never experienced that before. And I remember how difficult that was. I've never really felt any different since then when I've known of someone who has given up all hope on life. My wife Stacy said something to me as we talked about hope. She said, it is larger than life, because life without hope is no life at all. That's true. In 2012, my oldest son, Marlon, toured, visited Alcatraz Prison in San Quentin, California, San Francisco. He took pictures of the tiny cells, and he showed them to me. Those cells were about six feet by eight feet, 48 square feet. And that's where individuals were placed. Their bunk was a concrete uh, bunk with a mattress on top. And so you can imagine the tiny little space that these men who were incarcerated there had to live in day after day after day. 
when you were sent there, all hope ended. So today, I want to talk about hope, future hope of the Christian life and the Lord's reward at the end either of time as we know it or of our time here on this earth. My comments, as you can see, have been taken from one of the beautiful old gospel hymns, The Sweet By and By. And I thank Scott for leading us in all these wonderful gospel hymns with such wonderful messages this morning. If you're taking notes, the first one is, A land that is fairer than day. Let's talk about day for a moment. I think all of us could identify with the fact that there are times when we cannot sleep, when something is troubling us. And things always seem more bleak and distressing in the darkness of the night. And so we long for the day and for release from whatever the difficulty or the heartache may be. I think of what Jesus said in John chapter 9 and verse 4. He said, we must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one, no man can work. Now, I had that graphically demonstrated to me years ago when I was a lot younger. My wife, Stacy, and I had a cabin, but it needed a new roof job. And so one Saturday, I was up on the roof of this cabin all day putting new roofing on it. And my dad, who was quite aged at the time, about 65, was up there with me and he worked all day. And I remember how impressed I was with my father at his age to be able to work with me all day on a hard job. Well, night was coming. It was about 9 o'clock. We were still up there. There were some storm clouds moving in from the west. And I was quite sure it was going to rain. And I wanted to finish that roof before it before the rain hit. And so I was working after dark. I had those little roofing nails about so long. With the big head, you know what they are, but you have to hold those things and hammer them. I'm left-handed. So I was holding that thing and hammering away, and I did pretty good until, whack, I got my thumb. And uh, I can tell you, when night is coming, no man can work. It was underlined to me. I have never forgotten that. And I think about that verse sometimes, and that instant. In the Garden of Gethsemane, on the night of his betrayal, trial, and crucifixion, Jesus was alone. His disciples were sleeping, even though he had went and woke them up a couple of times. And Scripture says that he was in such agony that his, that his sweat became like drops of blood falling on the ground. Now, I'm not a medical doctor. I've never studied medicine. I can't even say the words on the prescriptions that I have to take. So I'm not speaking from first-hand knowledge, but I'm speaking from something I read, that when people, individuals, are, are under extreme mental anguish, that medical science does affirm this truth, that it is possible to actually sweat Drops of blood. See, Jesus, our Savior, knew about hard times and sorrows. He knew what they were all about. 
And the Hebrew writer says in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. And so whatever difficulty you may be going through, Jesus knows all about it. And what a, what a blessing it is to have a Savior who has gone through that for us and to have had our sins removed from us so that we can know that we are going to a land that is fairer than day when this life is over. But I want to talk about another part of that old gospel hymn that says that the promised land is seen from afar. Let me read something from Deuteronomy chapter 34 about Moses as he was just about to leave this world. Now Moses went up from the plains of Moab to Mount Nebo at the top of Pishkah, which is opposite Jericho, and the Lord showed him all the land, Gilead as far as Dan, and all of Naphtali, and the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, and all the land of Judah as far as the western sea, and the, and the Negev, and the plain in the valley of Jericho, and the city of palm trees as far as Zoar. Then the Lord said to him, This is the land which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you shall not go over there. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. And he buried him in the valley of the land of Moab, opposite Beth Peor. But no man knows his burial place to this day. Because Moses had disobeyed God, after such a lifetime of service, he did disobey God in the matter of the water. And he was not allowed to enter the promised land. He was allowed to see it, but he saw it from afar. Right now, through the eyes of faith, we see that land from afar, that heavenly land. But someday, We'll see it in all its beauty, in all its glory, for the endless ages of eternity. Now, does that give you hope? We're also told we have a promise of a dwelling place. If you turn in your Bibles to John, the 14th chapter, and I always appreciate to hear uh, Bibles, Bible pages turning, so make it a habit to bring your Bible. Because I always want to make sure that what I preach from, I preach from the Word. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How do we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. 
Now, some of the older translations of these words of Jesus, the King James Version of 1611, uses the word mansion as we sang. And I love that song. I have a cottage below. I'll be satisfied with that because I know I have a mansion in heaven. And so I like that word, mansion. The word translated there, though, is probably more accurately translated by what I've read to you from the New American Standard Version, where it talks about a dwelling place, or the New International Version that says, My Father's house has many rooms. It really doesn't matter, does it? The point is that there is a place that we have to go, that it's reserved in heaven, for you. It's got your name on it. And it is waiting for you when you leave this earth. And if you're like me, there's no place like home. I do like to go away sometimes and do different things. Golf, different golf courses, for instance. But I always like to come home to my own place where I am familiar, sleep in my own bed, which is so comfortable. There's a home that is awaiting for each of you. Second thing from this old gospel hymn, it's a place where our spirits will sorrow no more. Sorrows, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, are a part of this life. All of us have our sorrows, and if we don't have them now, you will have. We all go through sorrows, and some individuals seem to go through more sorrows than others. And why that is, I don't know. I don't have an answer. Sometimes it may be broken relationships, a family breakdown and divorce between a husband and wife, a father and a mother of children. And I think I've probably lost track of the number of people whose mate has left them out of the blue And if you had asked me beforehand, I'd say, not so-and-so. They would never do that. At other times, we've prayed for those who have lost their soulmate, the love of their life, to death. And we see how difficult their life has become. Sometimes, children and parents are are estranged because of traumatic, difficult, or painful events. And I know this is true, because there's funerals where children will not come to say their last goodbye to their parent. And I always find that so incredibly sad. And my advice to anyone is, never let estrangement happen to you or to your family. Sorrows will someday be past. I'd like to read once again uh, verse 4 of what Tim read to us in Revelation 21. When we get there, it says, And he, God, shall wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there shall no longer be any death, there shall no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. John says, the first things of this life 
will someday be ended. But we don't get to the second things that is to come until we have passed through the first things. Again, there's hope when you think about it. Thirdly, the blessing of rest. We live in a hustle, bustle, busy world. If you are kind of normal, I guess, you'll probably find that life has speeded up. It doesn't seem like it slows down. Maybe you're on the fast track of life and you don't know how to move into a slower, easier, more peaceful lane. Ernest Hemingway, famous writer, once said, Time is the least thing we have of. Now, I never thought that was very good English from such a famous writer, but the point is well made. Time is the least thing we have of. How quickly time passes. And it seems, as I have grown older, that time has sped up. The years click by quicker and quicker. Every time February 15 rolls around, it seems like it just happened just a few days ago. If we could only tack on to life an extra 25 or 30 years, that would be something, wouldn't it? Because there are so many things to, do, to see, to do, to celebrate, so many places to go, things to enjoy, to feel, to read, to talk about, so many things to participate in, to encounter. Yet, for each of us, this thing called time is in short supply. There have been a number of times that I have conducted funerals for people who left their loved ones suddenly, who didn't get a chance to say goodbye. But as the commercials always say, but wait, for the Christian, there is hope. And that hope is that we will meet on that beautiful shore. Can you imagine what the new world looked like when Christopher Columbus discovered it in 1492 when he landed in the new world? He was no doubt astounded by the things that he saw. But let me tell you, you're going to be astounded as well. Revelation chapter 22, another picture of heaven. And he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming down from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, bearing twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. How great is that. And there shall no longer be any curse, and the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his bondservant shall serve him. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. And there shall no longer be any night, and they shall not have need of the light of a lamp, nor the light of the sun, because the Lord God shall illumine them, and they shall reign forever and ever. And amen to that. When we cross the river of death, 
that so many individuals fear, I am convinced that for the faithful Christian, when you cross that river, you would not wish to come back, even if you had the chance. A number of years ago, I believe it was in 2011 or 2012, a woman who's a friend of mine told me a thing that happened to her that I probably will never forget. She had suffered for many years from heart problems, which did not seem to be able to be treated properly by doctors. She told me that she had died in her bed, and she was looking down at her body because she'd quit breathing, and that happened to her quite often, and then her body would jumpstart, but this time it didn't. And she was looking down at her body. As she was departing, she said she felt so peaceful. And she didn't have any cares about leaving her husband nor her two young sons. She didn't want to come back. But then she said it was like she was told that it wasn't her time yet. And suddenly her lungs filled with air. And she said, I was back in my body. Now I know, I know that there are people who would say, ah, that could never happen. It was her imagination. You can explain all those things away. And some people would doubt that that happened. I happen to believe that it did happen because I know the individual and have known her for many, many years. From that point on, her health problems with her heart and the passing out and not being able to breathe were over. And that's been several years ago now. As Christians, we walk by faith and not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 7. What we need to care about is walking by faith now. No matter what happens, no matter how hard the path that you are on at the present, no matter how bleak your life may be at the moment, All we have to do is to walk by faith, and that should be the goal of every one of us. If we walk by faith now, we can leave the future in the capable hands of God. And God tells us in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, Without faith it is impossible to please him. For those who come to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. You see, there is a land that is fairer than any beautiful day here on this earth. There is a place where our our spirits will sorrow no more because all of life's sorrow pass away in the presence of Jesus Christ and God the Father. There is a place where time will have no more meaning. Appointments and schedules and meetings and my daytimer will be no more. There is a place where we will rest when faith becomes sight. 
So my question to you is, do you have this wonderful hope? And if you don't, would you place your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ who died on the cross for your sins? Would you repent of your sins? Do a 180, turn away from them, and make up your mind that you are not going to continue to live in sin. Confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and be baptized in this water for the forgiveness of sins where you are united with the blood that will cleanse you for all time. Will you come as we stand and as we sing?